God, could you get any more in that cup? I could. But then it wouldn't be, a, you know, a cup. <laughs> It'd be a bath. It'd be a bath. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Controllers and Couches. Controllers and Couches. I am Full Metal Chicken. And I am Steph Fafar. And this time around, we will be talking about more stuff. More stuffs. We've got more television-y, Netflix-y things yes, this we do. week. So we actually had the opportunity to sit down and watch some stuff. But firstly, what's new in your life, sir, um, last week? Well, let's see. I managed to read two chapters of Artemis. Yep. So I've actually done some reading. Um, I had to prune some plants because me being a genius decided to put the bromeliads out in the sun and forgot to bring them inside so i scorched the leaves so to kind of combat their decomposition yeah i um trimmed them down a bit yeah trimmed them down a bit so now they they've had haircuts and i may have accidentally um killed one of the uh, succulents that's all right i think it'll be okay because it was tiny and it just Drowned. I think next time what I'll do is I'll just water them once a week. And when I said <laughs> because I've been I've been watering ferns. I've, yeah, well, these Boston ferns. I've been wanting them to grow really really well, but one's struggling. Well, that one. Yeah. I don't. There's I don't this. think it's struggling. Maybe we should look at um, putting like a really really diluted fertilizer in there, well, spraying that outside. Yeah, like diluting it out, pouring it in there, letting it sit outside the next day, and, and put it under the. Yeah. Yeah, that may be an idea. Otherwise, I mean, all in all, we need to get a proper fernery. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, the way the house that we rent in is we don't get a lot of sun streaming through the windows no. kind of thing. Like, the way the, way the sun pattern moves, it faces, like, brick walls and stuff. Yeah, so, so eventually, we'll get, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, what else to do? Um, I slowly got back into some editing. So, yeah, I'm working on a horror theme. You've got to be inspired. Yeah, so um, it's going to be a bit of a work, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Plus, I, I don't know whether it's just because of the schedules and fatigue and stuff, but I haven't built anything lately. It's just... Yeah, you've been working non-stop, and then when you haven't been working, you've kind of been sleeping, which is obviously... Yeah, so... Yeah, I've been... Or Sherlock really... will bash you in your head and be like, Dad, wake up, time yeah. to play. So I've been behind the eight ball. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. How about you? I has been... Studying, I think we can say. I went online and they put, they originally just put the bio, met a biochem subjects up, and so I downloaded all the lectures from last year, and I thought to myself, hey, let's watch them, do our learning objectives, do our required reading, get a head start on the practice questions. So I've been averaging what 13 hours a day, the last week studying, and they finally put up the biomed stuff yesterday. But um, I will start that when you go back to work. I'll spend a couple of days off with you. Nice. And yeah. Cool. But apart from that, uh, in terms of my reading, I finished the original trilogy of the selection series that I told you I started last week, as well as the novellas. And um, there's also like book four and book five that have to do with the daughter of the main character in books one, two, three, and the novellas. So I'm a quarter of the way through that. Not my favourite series of all time. It's about a two-star series for me. But I'm kind of going through it in the fact that I did spend money buying a series. Yep. And I want to know how it ends because everyone's always talking about it. So I thought I'd read it for myself. Nice. But apart from that, let's slingshot our way into our quiz of the week. We've, I've kind of been um, very bad at selecting quizzes the last fortnight. So this one was a no-brainer. We decided to go for the Star Trek, which Star Trek Discovery character are you? Mm -hmm. Because we want to review season one that yes. we finished last week. Yes. So, without further ado, good sir, okay. we're going to do the reading. Yep, so uh, which Star Trek Discovery character are you? And once again, it's a BuzzFeed. So, what's your dream job? And it has a choice of scientist, explorer, writer, and the president. So, well, you know, I'm... I'm I'm going to go with scientists yeah. because you can explore and write. Yes. And I don't want to be assassinated. No, so. no assassinations. Um, so, how do you feel about rules? Uh, they're meant to be broken. They're necessary to main order. They keep people safe. I make my own rules. Hmm. Well, 
you know, if you want to be a scientist, you technically have to follow rules because things kind of go pretty, bad. Go bad pretty a fast. A HMS get a, me- uh, a meeting from the ethics board. Yeah. So necessary to maintain order for me. Yeah. Well, sort of the rules. Yeah. So maintain order. Um, which trait describes you? Nervous, compassionate, charismatic, intense, stubborn, righteous. Hmm. I'm going to go with stubborn for this one. Um, I think I'm going to go... What do you reckon? Righteous? That's what actually I was going to say. Not yeah. that you're going to go with the option that I tell you. Like, it's your quiz, but... And then, what's your Hogwarts house? Ooh. Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff or Slytherin if no one has any idea what we're talking about the last time I tested myself two years ago I was a Ravenclaw mm. so I'm going to go with Ravenclaw see when I did this I got Gryffindor well go for Gryffindor, yeah what do you desire most? glory, justice, knowledge success, love or peace? Uh, yeah. I'm torn between justice and knowledge but I think Justice is more, you know, without justice, you can't have knowledge. Well, with knowledge comes justice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what's your favourite subject? English, science, gym, math, history, art. Girls, science! Girls, science! Choose a pet cat, dog, lizard, bird, hamster, no thanks. Uh, if they had bunnies on here, I would have chosen bunnies, but. We are representative of the cat world, so... And dog world, so potentially dogs. Well, what, but what also Lizard makes me think of Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla! Yeah, you could have a mini Godzilla if you're yeah. on the Star, you know, Star Trek Discovery, but I'm going to go with cat. I'm going to go with the dog. Okay. Choose a colour. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue or purple. Mm-hmm. This is a no-brainer for me. I am going with red. And I'm going le blue. Choose a TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Star Trek The Next Generation, Black Mirror, Mythbusters, Stranger Things, The Good Place. See, out of all of these... Ooh, ooh, it's... Although it's a Star Trek quiz, Stranger Things was pretty damn good. I was going to go... But the next gen, for me, was... Important. Yeah, so I'm going to... I want Stranger Things. You go next generation. Yep. What is your ideal Friday night? Out with my friends, spending time with my significant other, night in by myself, or Netflix binge? Why can't you have a night in with your friends or significant other having a Netflix binge? I'm going to go with Netflix binge. Yeah, Netflix binge. Yeah, yeah, Netflix binge. Um, Choose a book. Doesn't have all of them. Um, Harry Potter. Which one? The Hobbit. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, and Frankenstein. I'm going to go with Hobbit. I no longer support J.K. Rowling. So, there we go. Hmm. What about you? It's a toss-up between... You're going to, like, let me guess. You're going to go with either Frankenstein or The Hobbit. Yeah. It's a toss-up between the two because Frank... Like, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is... Go for Frankenstein. Classic. Like, Have you read it? Yeah. Really, really good novel. Don't get me wrong, though. The Hobbit is a really, yeah. really good book. I'm just in a fantasy moment yeah. in my life. I mean, if I had to choose between the two books, the, like the Medi... Yeah, it's... I hear you. But what... The, the message behind Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, it's... I yeah, understand, good pretty sir. Pretty epic. Uh, then, what's the most important to you? Persisting and staying strong... Uh, winning, doing what's right, being content. Doing what's right? Yeah, doing what's right. Oh, who did you get? You go first. Um, I got Paul Stamets. I did too. Uh, so, there you go. Um, it doesn't actually give you any information about yep, just Paul like Stamets. a bio or anything like that. He's the, the blonde guy yep. who makes the jumps yep. in the network. So, um... Woohoo! I'm happy with that. I'm down with that. But, um, yes, that should probably... Let's use that to springboard into our review, good sir. I'll let you take away. I'm just going to plug in my computer charger. Yeah, but otherwise you the, the whole thing will kind of go kasplat. So, uh, 
Yeah. Um, Star Trek Discovery is roughly set 10 years uh, before the original series. Yes, so yes. in case anyone here has seen the original series or hasn't. So the really cool thing about this is obviously they've tried to make it as a prequel. Yep. And seeing the tech they've got, and you, look at, <laughs> you look at the uniforms. The original. I, um, sorry to cut in. But I started watching, I told you, the original series because I was sitting there going, oh, I can use this time between seasons to catch up as much as I can um, for the Star Trek universe, blah, blah, blah. And I realised that the Australian Netflix catalogue now has all the series and I think they have a few of the movies, but we actually have the DVDs for the three newer ones. So I've gone, oh, um, I'll start watching it in chronological order. And I've gone... (laughs) <laughs> for a prequel, they have a lot of good tech. Oh yeah, compared to the sixties, nineteen sixty-six. Absolutely, but even you sort of look at the characters in it, and you see characters that pop up all over the place, yeah. like um, Saru, who's played by Doug Jones, who plays Abe Sapien in Hellboy. Really, really good. Um, you know, continuity kind of thing. Well, not not really. It's, there's no con- continuity. It's more the fact that he's a very good. Prosthetic makeup artist. Yeah. So he does a very, very good job. And, um, yeah, like really, really good. So seeing that, you know, we kind of get the science side of things and then, you know, you kind of go, ooh, space fungi, 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 whatever, space mushrooms. So um, that's where Paul Stamets comes into, into play, in case you haven't yeah. seen it. Um, so that, that plays character very, very well because here he's trying to... Um, you know, he specialises in astromycology, and then they go, "How can the the ship do what it does?" And what does, you know, they have this in one episode. They have a a space tardigrade or a space water bear. As we we we've studied them, so we know that they're water bears. Um, well, that's what they're called, water bears. But they're um, essentially immune to desiccation in a way. That they can just well, not that well, they're immune, they're but they very, can they, bounce back. They bounce back really, really yeah. well. So and it doesn't damage their DNA. No, at all. there's no. Methylation so they dry out. They die in quotation marks, yeah. and then they come back completely so, fine. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to give away any spoiler alerts, but yeah, it's really good what he ends up doing in the series, and it's based like prior to the the Klingon wars, and I mean obviously there's no tribbles yet, but. So they essentially encounter a Klingon relic, or you know, a holy relic, I suppose you could say. And essentially, what happens is this triggers a sequence of conflict events. and yeah. a sequence of events that leads us to the whole. So I have two questions for you. Yes. How did you, how did it go and pan up against the canon? Um, oh, they've completely changed it. Canon has been blown out the window. They've they've tried to sink in with the newer movies. So, um, well, as we found out, so the the William Shatner days. No, no, no. It, it, so, it's, in all of that, how many galaxies would you give Star Trek Discovery out of ten? I'd give it probably because I mean I've really enjoyed it. I yeah. mean I'd probably give it about an eight and a half nine. Yep. Um, you know. So, yeah, it's it's a good series. You know, I think Sarek would be pleased with the way... They carried it out and yeah. it. I mean, obviously, they're going to try and recreate the whole universe, but they're going to bend a few things to make it a bit more punchy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, the Klingons look... They, they Klingon-ish. Look, Klingon-ish, <laughs> no. They, they look different. Yes. Similar to the movies that have come out recently, but if you go and compare Worf compared to these Klingons, they're completely different. So you go, okay, you know, maybe they're a sub, you know... Sub-race or sub-species? Sub-chapter, I don't know. Just Yeah, but I, um... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was really cool. So I want to see what they do in the future. But, yeah, saying that it's, you know, roughly a decade before the original series. Do, have they announced when season two... Um, goes live. I know that they've talked about it, but yeah, I haven't even really looked up. I've been too busy trying yeah, to yeah. suddenly jump on all these other series so, that are coming up. Plus, you know, we've had a bit of a horror binge too. Yeah, we have. Um, so yeah, 
you done for Star Trek? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Eight and a half, nine stars out of yeah. ten. I'm going to give it seven. Yep. Only on the basis that the the main story arc in the second half of season one got a tad boring after a while. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone that hasn't watched it, but just the whole... I don't know how to say it without... But just the main storyline of what everyone's trying to do together, it kind, of, it kind of dragged out, I felt like, a little for me. Yeah. But yeah, apart from that, we did also get to watch a couple of horror movies this yeah, week. Yeah, we're on a, a horror binge. So. Um, we watched for the first time Don't Knock Twice. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'd probably say they could have done more. So basically the premise is, is there's this girl that was given up to not adoption foster care yeah and she eventually reconnects with her mother but only because is it her boyfriend her friend we'd like to think her friend yeah. slash boyfriend um they went down to near their foster home there's this old lady's old house. abandoned house who apparently yeah. had killed herself and then because the a, kids had pushed her to yeah. kill herself because they bullied her and they called her a witch and all of these things. Yeah. So she now lives as this evil entity within her house. Yeah. And then the urban legend is if you knock twice... Knock once to wake her from her bed, twice to raise her from the dead. Yeah, and then so, you yeah. summon her and she's in like the real world and then she ends up taking her best friend and then she slowly begins her hunt... For this girl that we follow, and because you know she's sort of trying to reconnect with her mother, um, it goes through and it gets very trippy. Yeah, and then you get about halfway through and you realise, oh, as we respond, it's like, oh, it's the Baba Yaga. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's um, it wasn't John Wick, mind you, not not that Baba Yaga, um, the other one, the one with. Trust me, John Wick versus this Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga dead. No, <laughs> no chance, no chance. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you like, if you're a fan of um, what's the light movie, Lights Out. Yeah. If you're a fan of Lights Out, you will really enjoy this movie. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I'll probably give it about a seven and a half. Okay. Seven and a half. I mean, it probably could have done with a couple more knocks. And I feel like there are a couple. Of, I can't think of the life of me now, but I feel like there are a couple of things where we found plot holes. Continuity errors. Yeah, and they just didn't make sense to you and you were kind of like, well, why would you do that? Yeah, and why did this happen? Why was it originally in... Because we don't want to spoil it for anyone, but when you watch it, it does become quite evident. Yeah, so, so... interesting fact, it's actually by Red and Black Films. So, yeah, and was directed by Caradog W. James. So... I feel like I've heard him before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Really yeah. dreadful. Really nice little it. R rating on that one. So. Yeah. And then we went on to a Friday the 13th. Yeah. The 2009 reboot, remake, yep. whatever of, that is. Um, the original. So it's... Someone who's got J Jared Paladecki. You know? Yeah. So or as I rebranded him while watching this movie, Jared Paladecki. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, it's the reboot um, of the original. Of the so. um, Jason... Voorhees. Series. Yeah, so... How much... Now, I don't know if everyone played Ghosts, but how much did that house look like the map um, fog from Ghosts? They got we it really saw close. it and I just said, press pause! And yeah. then I googled the map and I was like, where have I seen this before? Have a and look at this. And I think they took that from... Like, yeah, they the took game it from the original, movie. From yeah. the original 1980 movie. Yeah. So, yeah, this one... It's... There's it had jump scares down. Oh. Again, a lot of weird stuff I didn't like the nudity I don't like the drug references but there were some jump scares that I was like whoa I actually tossed my phone at one point yeah accidentally it was like oops bang <laughs> so um yeah it's like so basically they've uh, done the whole thing in Crystal Lake um at the campgrounds and you you sort of get an idea of what's going on so they really it's definitely your atypical slasher flick i know it makes me really excited for season three of scream yeah and it's funny because that. when we watched it straight away as soon as it finished it recommended us it recommended watching even scream. though you and i've already watched it like three times yeah so joy yeah. joy 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 okay so now that we've done our reviews and recaps there's one thing i wanted to talk to you about 
Um, so I was watching MKR like I do every Sunday to now Thursday night. It used to be Sunday to Wednesday, but now it's Sunday to Thursday. And then when it finished, I just started channel coasting because I was home alone. And I was like, oh, what else is playing on television? Because as we've already said before, I don't normally watch free-to-air TV. And then I ended up on 60 Minutes. And I caught the last five minutes or so on this story about this girl called Chloe Ailing. And so I'm going to break it down for you, sir, in a minute or less. So there's this British glamour model who was kidnapped while she was on a holiday in Italy a few months ago or a couple of months ago or something like that. And she was allegedly going to be sold on the dark web into 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 sex slavery. And then this whole case seems very, very shady. That's why she was doing this interview to kind of clear the air, make the waters a little less murky, if you will. And this chick was seen on cameras, like security cameras, and by other people, and people that were around them at this point in time, saying that they were actually in a relationship, and she was seen going shoe shopping and doing other shopping with this guy, and they were holding hands and making out this whole six days while she was, in quotation marks, held captive. And so the courts, the Italian courts, and... Um, the police and everything they're treating it like it's an actual abduction this guy is facing 35 years in jail and she's now got a book deal it's called six days and it's coming out in april of this year she has also secured a movie deal within the last 24 to 48 hours and apparently they ransomers in quotation marks the kidnappers they put together this ransom email the first time I ever heard of a ransom email, right? Yeah. And they said that she was only going to be released if she would pay them £50,000 when this whole kidnapping thing hit, you know, made her famous and propelled her career, blah, blah, blah. And the, author- the authorities in Italy are really pushing this and going to charge these guys because they think she's shielding them and protecting them because they think that she formed a bond with them yeah. and she may have Stockholm Good syndrome. Good old Stockholm. But when I was actually watching the interview, she was so... Like, she was smiling. Like, she didn't behave in a way that you'd think you'd expect her to behave. Yeah. And, of course, people were trying to slut-shame her because she is a glamour model. So she does have more... I don't use the word risk, you know, risque content, but yeah. she does have more stylized shoots... Yeah. As opposed to, say, a fitness model or something like that where yeah. Instagram is really driven. So people were trying to shut, like, slut shame her and people were really trying to give her that thing and say that she's a liar. But yeah. I, it doesn't make sense to me. Obviously, I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, my God, all victims are pretending and nothing actually happened. Yeah. But this particular story, I don't think adds up. No. It, it, I mean, it's unfortunate if it has, like, happened... 100% legit but yeah it's, it's a little bit iffy these days everyone you know most people are out to make a quick buck so seeing them book deal movie deal don't know about you but if I was kidnapped or someone I know the last thing I'd want to do is go public I'd know, be, and be out in the world I'd be buying a house moving, moving to the somewhere. woods I'd be changing my name I'd just yeah. be like, I'd be, off, protection or whatever it's I'd be called. off the books, literally. Yeah. That, that off the grid, off the grid, that's what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. No. So, it'll be interesting. I want to actually get the book and just see, A, if it all adds up, if the stories add up, and B, see if it adds some more flesh to the bones to yeah. kind of see if it... Because, I don't know. But yeah, and also, just a little tack on from that. After that story, they ran the Barnaby Joyce, you know. Yeah, uh, well, they actually interviewed the Australian Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, and his wife in the story after the ad break following that segment. And I just wanted to hear what he'd say about the Deputy Prime Minister, who is in Australia's biggest sex scandal ever. And he had, like, he had sexual relations with a younger employee in his office cheated on his wife and this blew Australian politics out of the water. Yeah. It, you know, 
his funds are being questioned, his spending's being questioned, his whole office and, and staff. Should be. It's... And now on the 23rd, I think, of February or something like that, now no um, ministers and their staff members or staff members within Australian politics can have sexual relations or relationships with other staff members. Yeah. It's going to be considered illegal. And all I wanted to say was he was so happy to say, I want Barnaby back... But if this, not to get all feminist and shit, but if this was a female minister, whether it be deputy, whether it be, um, what do they have, the parliament, minister of parliament, yep, they would have split, the yeah, yeah. yeah, they would have, um, you know, they would have sacked her, they would have stripped her of her pension, everything she would have worked for, they would have, have slut shamed her and said, you know, she ruined her family, what about her kids, blah, yeah. blah, blah. She put Australian politics and national security into jeopardy. But this dude, it's like, yeah, whatever, you need to remember that we need to, you know, have a stable Australian, we need to propose, you know, show a united front and that we're strong and it's never going to happen again, so everyone should get over it. But I just thought it was bullshit. Not, not good. What not. do you think of the Barnaby Joyce? Honestly, should have done it. Have, have you been... seen that picture that they circulated of him when he was like sitting down at some event and, and he's just smiling and he's just like in this creepy yeah, thing, creepy like boy. staring down at this woman, and it's just, dude, yeah. you're not in a position of power to you know prey on other people. Just stupid. It's it's bound to get you. Um, yeah. In deep shit. And then um, last night again, while we were channel coasting, after MKR, the weird shit that I watch. Yep. After MKR, except this time it was the we caught the last like five or so minutes of the French um, ice skating routine at the Winter Olympics last night, I should say. Mm. And not only did I deduce that this team are massive fans of Ed Sheeran. They have like a five minute long medley mashup of all of his songs, like his popular songs, all glued together. Oh, but the female partner out of the ice skating duo, she suffered a massive wardrobe malfunction. She had a, not a bit, but she had a nip slip. And I got so angry, not because she had a nip slip to begin with, no. but because they did not deduct anything from her, from them. If that was gymnastics, oh, you, you, they would have been fucking fried. Yeah. And that's all that, you know, that's all that everyone would have spoken about. And Team USA, Team Australia, you know, they suffered this massive a bra strap shows in the Olympics for the American team. And that's all anyone can talk about. And then the whole team gets freaking marked down. And these girls are actually doing heavy fucking shit, not being slingshotted around and prancing with their feet, you know. They're yeah. lifting themselves off and they're doing twists and shit and jumps that are way more hardcore than yeah. what these... Obviously, they're having blades and shit yeah, on, so, so there's that danger. But the thing is, where's the, continu- you know, the continuity? continuity? Yeah, it just... It seems like if you're going to judge for perfection... You've got to mark accordingly. Exactly. Even across the board. So... Yeah. But yeah, and yeah, more stuff regarding the USA. Um, we have a little bit of biomedical research going on, don't well, we? Well, it's not bad, but I saw this and I read it this morning, and I saw that because I follow them on Twitter and I follow them on Facebook, and this is the FDA or the American um, Food and Drug Administration, and this is um like I I don't want to say I study this like I have a PhD in this field. But neuroscience and neurobiology, I want to be my field, if that makes sense. Like, that's the direction I want to go. So this is a massive thing for a development for biomedical research. And the FDA of USA, they have authorised the use of this Banyan brain tumour indicator that is going to assist in the diagnosis of brain injuries and trauma. They're saying mild cases only. They don't know the extremity. So are we talking like for football? So they get a few knocks, they get... Yeah, so for concussions, for people that have suspected anything. So now, well, not us, but when they put... They're putting it in place in six months. That's when it's actually going to be applied in the field and they're going to have everything up and running so the idea is is from suspected to mild cases within 12 hours of the sustained or the 
them trying to figure out if they actually have this injury. So it works for 12 hours of from the injury time, suspected injury time. What they do is they do a blood test and they look for two biomarkers or two proteins, two enzymes, whichever way you want to look at it, yeah. that are specific to the brain. And that obviously, as we know, they do the same thing with heart, um, heart attacks and strokes. They do the same thing with liver failure or kidney failure. So they're looking at specific um, biomarkers, proteins that are specific to neural tissue. Yeah. And obviously because it's the brain, it's going to have a high concentration in spinal cord or whatever. But the idea is that they're going to look for, it's the acronym down to UCHL1 or uh, ubiquitin carboxyl terminal hydrolase one, and that's an enzyme. And then the second one is glial, glial fibrillary, fibrillary <laughs> acidic protein, or GFAP, as we know, because we had to study you this last year in neuroscience. Protein, yes. Yeah. And so the UCHL1, that's already associated with um, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So they already know that you get these elevated protein levels because that enzyme is the one that... You know how you have the beta amyloid plaques? Yep. That's the enzyme that actually deposits them and forms these misfolded protein aggregates. Yes. So that you actually, that's how you actually get them. So the idea is, is if you're going to have more damage happening in the cells and proteins floating everywhere, these enzymes are going to be increased in trans like expression so there's going to be more of them floating around and they're going to be aggregating more proteins misfolded damaged proteins together so they think that that's going to be one biomarker because it's specific again to neural tissue yeah specifically the brain obviously there may be some overlap with spinal cord and stuff but the second one the gfap that is found across the whole sort of central nervous system and obviously the peripheral nervous system nervous system yeah. because it Essentially, that's a. When we were taught about it last year, we were told that it's a basic precursor protein. So, every cell in your nervous system, both your central nervous system and the, the nerves that go down to your fingertips, they're made from this one protein. Yeah. So, all of your immune, specific your immune cells, like your astrocytes and your myelin and everything, they come from this protein your yeah. glia, your neurons, everything. So, again, you have a second specific protein that you can test. And, yeah, um, they're good biomarkers, like I said, for brain injury or spinal injury, injury as long as it's within neural tissue. And they're going to analyse these levels using blood tests like they do for liver, heart, lung, everything else yeah. um, to aid diagnosis. And it's going to be actually used on patients within six months so i thought it was massive sorry for nerding out no, 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 i think that's... it's really cool it made me really excited because it especially in australia there's a real stigma towards brain injury and back when i was doing first year of health science um we just learned about how australia itself we don't have a good um track record of dealing like with traumatic brain injury or brain injuries whatsoever no. so basically if someone in a, say that i was to be reckless and i went for a dive and i severely damaged my neck or i had severe brain damage in a car accident or whatever there is no, there was no up until recently um even assisted living you have to go into an aged care home yeah. or elderly assisted living facility because there's just no parameters in place it's considered a new thing in australia and in australia they're less likely to help women with it as opposed to males because males are not according to my definitions but to the australian policymaker definitions boys between the age of i think it was 14 to 26 or something like that are more likely to um, engage in reckless behaviour compared yep. to females within yep. the same age group. So it's a very big thing to happen to the US and I'm hoping that they bring that over to the Australian market because that would be fantastic. It is pretty cool. And talking about markets and um, really cool stuff, um, I, actually, I actually missed it. I've only just come across it, but in February this year, um, some researchers, and it's actually in... Um, Nature Biotechnology. Um, we like nature around here. Yeah, they've got DNA nanorobots that can target and kill off cancerous tumours. And what they do is they hunt down these cells 
and then they cut off the blood supply to the oh, cells. Oh, so they reverse yeah. angiogenesis. Yeah, and then what they do is it causes the cells to, to die. die, and yeah. it doesn't damage any other but cells. But that's that on the case the that they will only work on um, tumours that yes. whether they're bigger than one centimetre. Yes, yeah. and what they actually did was they tested the nanobots on mice, and these mice have been injected with human cancer cells. Yeah. And yeah. Do so we know what um, cancer type? Liver, kidney, um, brain? <sighs> Well, Sorry. No, no, it's... Um, we'll th- look into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll look into it because th- it was only just... A couple of days ago, literally. Well, yeah, so this is relatively new, new stuff. Basically what they're using is tumour-bearing mouse models. Cool. So obviously um, diff- good, good um, models for doing human testing in yep. a way are mice, rabbits. Um, yeah. They don't use flies that much, but... Well, they, they do, but yeah, mice are the most... They prefer to stick to the mammals and yeah, rabbits. Exactly. Yeah, and so, they go like... Rap, my, uh, what is it? Mice, rabbits, monkeys, yeah. humans. So, unfortunately. Yeah. So, essentially what they do is they use these DNA nanorobots uh, for drug delivery. Yeah. So, similar to uh, well, early... I think it was, what, last year? When they did viral... They were using nano cages. So what they yeah. do is you'd inject someone with a nano cage and have the drug in the nano cage. Yep. And then you would target it. Target something, it would release the drug yep. and then be excreted. Yeah. From the system. That's so cool. Yeah. Nanotechnology so, uh, for the win. Yeah. So essentially what they use is um, like an army sorry, an origami sheet made of um, thrombin. So, uh, what's thrombin? Thrombin. Oh, that's a blood clot flat factor. Yeah. Yep. So essentially, what it does, it um, deals, I suppose, the the blood loss, and then um, yeah, it induces intravascular thrombosis. So that's people so who know cool. about clots, you get a clot that gets yeah, you know, and then it results in my field, which is tumor necrosis and uh, the uh, inhibition of the tumor growth. So oh, that yeah. is awesome. So oh. what we'll do is we'll leave a link to this, or as yep. I say, a PubMed ID, and it's in Nature Biotechnology. <laughs> um, so this is massive. <laughs> show me the raw data yeah, of PubMed ID. So this is um, a massive, massive breakthrough. Massive yeah. breakthrough. It could change everything. Yeah, this this could because if you can just hunt it down, yeah, I mean using a targeted drug is not not an um, exact thing. I um, mean, you can't just go... Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. But there's this guy... I've scrolled down to the comment section. Yeah, yeah. And the first comment a week ago is, this all sounds wonderful, dot, 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 until it all goes wrong, or very wrong. Beware of the law of unintended consequences. Remember that a bewildering number of viruses make their home in a world of DNA and this closely associated world of RNA. You know the first thing I thought of? Seeing nanorobots, nanobots, I straight away think of Stargate and replicators. Um, do you remember that Agent Cody Banks? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. one. So, but that uh, is so cool. Um, but basically that's a big thing because once a tumour cell or a tumour cluster or aggregate gets bigger than one centimetre um, in length, width, whatever you want to call it, that's when it releases... Um, factors out in the environment and it starts angiogenesis which just means new blood cells get developed because after a certain time you can't get enough oxygen passively diffusing through the cells like the cancer cells so to stop that that's incredible oh it's massive so So, we'll we'll leave a link to that because yeah i mean it it, it, well i'm going to read it some more yeah. Um, but also talking about discovering things and since i've been eating cheese today (sighs) today um, Cheddar Don't Man. Mean whole life. Whole life. Cheddar Man. Uh, Cheddar Man uh, is Britain's, the old country. Uh, the old country. The old country. Britain's <laughs> oldest complete human skeleton. Um, he was discovered, well, the skeleton was discovered in 1903, and it's a he, because that's why he's Cheddar Man, because otherwise he would be... be Cheddar, she would be Cheddar Woman. Cheddar Woman. Unless she, identi- Cheddar woman. Unless she he or she identifies as different. Yeah. And yep. you know what they discovered? What did they discover? Well, they've postulated, postulated, postulated that Cheddar Man was part of a dark-skinned population of the Western Europeans. So, in a way, he's vintage Cheddar Man. 
Sorry, I just wanted to throw that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, because we white folk are the mutation. Exactly. So essentially, this guy is a descendant of hunter gatherers. Yeah. Um, and hunter gatherers migrated to Britain. I wonder what his favourite cheese was. I'm going to say Wensleydale, in in the uh, the in the ode to. Um, I'm going to say it's a sharp pepper cheddar. Pepper cheddar, black yeah. jack, black jack. Pepper Whenever I hear Blackjack now, I think of Blackjack Randall from Outlander. Mm. But the interesting thing about this yes, sir. was they were looking at um, hair follicles. And also in February... Yes, um, we are in February. Yeah, by, <laughs> you know, this is the you know fair skin and hair and stuff. They also stumbled upon a chemical in McDonald's fries that could possibly be able to regenerate hair follicles. No, you can't use those as an so technically, to buy more McDonald's. I know, but eating more the eating more <laughs> of the fries won't exactly, you know, reverse a receding hairline. But what they wanted to look at um, was the transportation of fol- like hair follicles that are grown with dimethyl poly Siloxane onto the backs of mice and what they found was new hairs began to you know grow on the mice so essentially what it does it paves a way for more hair treatment procedures yeah. and everything so um it's just the chemistry side of it so like a you know the dimethyl part yeah. dimethyls are always interesting because when you when you start messing around with DNA, you get methylation. So and you get a lot of stuff that you, you don't want happening. You don't want. So um, yeah. So if people really want us to explain what that word means, we can. We can. We just don't want to overdo we, we it. Just, because although we are biochemists and everything, we've done the the organic and inorganic chemistry. So I mean, I've I've broken plenty of benzene rings. Um, I've made plenty of chalcones and you know I like messing around with I like being at the point where you're where you can pick up those articles like that nanobot one or the um, the one that I was talking about and you just kind of go wow these I understand these words I know what these proteins are I know what these enzymes do and I know what this exactly can do I know how this can change the field so, so to speak. So it's I like you, that about science. I know, and if you really want to really Go wrap science. this up, we've gone for nanobots, we've gone McDonald's nanobots fries. Nanobots are taking over the world. And we've gone Cheddar Man. So you know what this means? All we need to do is someone to find ancient grains and it sounds like a pizza night. Bees, we need the bees though. Bees, bees. We need bees and then we have a pizza bees night. Bees are going to save the world. They are. They are. So um, either that... Um, oh, Imagine bees the size of dinosaurs. I bet they were at some point. Just but I'd like to see how they're affected by domestication in terms of you know breeding and genetic manipulation. I'd like to see... Um, I know. have a question, though. Yes. If there were bees as big as pterodactyls or, say, you know, a megalosaur or a megalodon, you know how bees basically cough up honey? Yes. Bee vomit? Yes. Just imagine a bee the size of a Brachiosaurus coughing up a chunk load. Could, you would drown if they coughed that up you on you. would die. You would die. It'd be like... And then you'd honey, be like... Capilano! They could not. employ one and they'd put green food dye in it. And that'd be the one that spits up on, at the Nickelodeon yeah, uh, slime fest. The slime fest, which makes me think of that time when the bees... We're going into the M&M factory and eating the dye. And then what they were doing... <laughs> they were colouring their honey. Colouring the honey. So they had like blue honey and all that sort of stuff. Do you know they've made blue wine now? Really? They're f- um, somewhere... Some... What do they call them? Not orchid. Um, some Vineyards? wine or vineyard. That's Vineyards. the word. Sorry, I'm not big on the alcohol. But um, they actually made blue wine. I didn't read the article, but um, yeah. Because, you know, these monks... You know, get some crazy shit going on. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, go into the Alps. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I, how would you go about it? I mean, you, I mean, you've got rosés and blue wine, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. 
Did, would it be colder because it's blue? No, I don't think it's got to do with the temperature or anything like that. It's just um, they it's add just they add an indigo dye and grape. That's it. Yeah, anthocyanin because it's a pigment. And so. it's going to have a lower um, alcohol blood volume yeah. than reds and whites because it's going to be obviously diluted out. And you're supposed to drink it chilled, and it's a no-season wine, so you can drink it whenever you want. Oh, and yeah. it was made for Instagram. But it's funny, these guys who made it had no prior winemaking experience and just decided to do a backyard Imagine job. Imagine if they made that. a black wine. Imagine that. This black wine goes well with the Black Plague. You know, we have a rat in the mix. <laughs> Do you know that I read an article um, by I Fucking Love Science, well, they, like, summarised it, yeah, yeah. saying that humans spread the bubonic plague through sexual activity faster than rats um, spread it. Wow. And our, all our estimations are wrong, and blah, 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 blah. Blame the British again. These Brits, man. Yeah, Jack the Do you ever think that they look at America and go, we failed this colony? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, essentially, you can blame the British for putting Trump in power. I, it's just especially, okay, I don't want to make this a political rant, but I'm an Australian, right? I was born here, parents were born here, grandparents have been here longer than they've been anywhere else. But at what point do you go, the country is on the verge of being sunk? The country is always on the verge of being sunk. Not to global warming, though, to a case of, hello, yeah. this it's is political a... political instability. This is an interballistic cruise missile. Ugh. Hello. Um, I read this consp- conspiracy. I read this conspiracy that said that because um, a few weeks before the Hawaiian fake missile text message the same thing happened to japan Mm. so there's this conspiracy that missiles were actually shot out but they don't want to panic anyone wow because it is a more than one man pressing yes yeah on the system seeing there are codes there are keys just like i yeah they go through a whole lot of stuff so people were saying that an actual missile was missile so someone's been playing battleship but on a um e5 frigate but yeah, alright. Yeah, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, we nearly, yeah, I suppose you could say we're finishing this podcast on a small bang. <laughs> well, my bank account's going to take a bang because after this I have to go to Officeworks. Yeah. I need to get some lead, even though I should only be writing in pen. But sometimes when you're doing worksheets and stuff and rough calculations, you want pencil. Exactly. So I need to get some 0.5 and 0.7 mil lead. Yep. And I need to get, um, I wrote a list. What's on my list? And also, just for the people out there, it's not actually lead, it's actually graphene. Yeah, I know, but it sounds better to say... Oh. I know, right? It sounds like I'm going to get some lead. I didn't mean like I'm going to start chroming <laughs> in the office works. I'm going to get some lead. Yeah. But I also need to get two ring binders because that tiny one that I have... Is the splat. Yeah, it's not going to hold everything. I need to get one for Biomed anyway. And I feel like there's something else I needed to get, but I can't remember. So, lucky I wrote a list. Yeah. Oh, it was was it flags that I needed to get flags, post-it flags. I think that's what it was. I wanted to have a look at those. But yeah, apart from that, that is us for this week. Uh, everyone should thank Sir because I totally forgot about this podcast um, because I'm so used to recording it on a Monday and we just had so much on and we studying and stuff and we've just been having movie marathons that I completely lost track of the days. And so Sir just said to me like two, three hours ago, um, so what time are we recording our podcast? And I was like, what, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like, what's going on? It's okay, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> And then I spent the last two hours bugging you, being like, we need to record this now. We need to record and you're like, this but now. I'm snuggling with the cats. And I was like, no. It's like, what's going on? Oh no, we have to do this. <sighs> but yeah, that is it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. As always, um, all of the the links to the stuff we spoke about will be in the the episode notes. So will the link to the quiz in case you are interested. 
and I think that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yeah. Tune in next week for whatever shenanigans we end up having planned. Do we have anything? We're currently marathoning Archer. Yeah. I think we just and started season three. We've got the ritual to watch. Yes. Oh my god, we keep putting that off oh. and off and off. But we're watching that tonight. Scandinavian horror flick. Let's just say it's like a, a good version of the Blair Witch. Um, yeah. And also, while I'm on point, um, in case some people uh, ask about the the graphene thing, uh, graphene is just one sheet of graphite. Graphite is where it's a three D crystalline structure. Exactly. So, and it's um, a natural occurring metamorphic rock. See, when I talk like this and I have these conversations, sometimes I convince myself that I can get into (laughs) that I can get into (laughs) and then I open up the exam and I'm like. What do these words? What do these words mean? Yeah, it's just oh. carbon everywhere. Carbon. Oh, altered carbon. Alter, altered. Altered carbon. Altered you, carbon. I bought you the book yeah. because I was there at QBD getting myself some stuff, and I bought you the like I bought us the book, but I bought it specifically for you, right? And I went and I obviously went to the counter because the lady, the skeleton has to scan it in, blah blah blah. And she was convincing me not to buy this book because the cover looks so disgusting. And she's like, "How are you gonna carry and hold this and touch this book?" Um, and look at it, it's disgusting and it creeps me out. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, but, you know, I want this book. Please. Yes, has. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's where we'll end it, guys. Thank also, you so- yes, yes. just to, on an interesting note, do you know what differentiates diamonds from uh, graphite? It's something to do with how the structure, like the, the lattices line up. Graphite, graphene, oh, sorry, um, yeah, graphite has um, two-dimensional lattice bonds, whereas diamonds have Did you three. say yes, woman? Did you say, woman, yeah. yes, you're right. It's Yo. got to do with the lattices. Yes. Oh, my God. And because it's a whole it's a whole lot more structured and compact, that's why it's got such a... What's the melting point of diamond? Just off the top of my head. It's like a 1,000, isn't it? Um, let me think. It, it's... But do you want... Kelvin? Whatever you can get me. Kelvin. Let's see. Diamond. Oh, it's. I think it's. But it depends on the pressure, too. I think it's like. What? Um. It, it's, it's got. Well, it'd be at lab temp, so 25 degrees. Celsius. I reckon it's. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's about oh, five. No, 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 no. Because you get it doesn't wind. melt at one atmosphere. Yeah, it, yeah. it sublimes to vapor. Yeah, and it becomes liquid diamond. Yeah, yeah. You need to have it at ninety nine thousand atmospheres. Or ten GPA. And f- fuck, how do I pronounce this? Four thousand seven hundred and twenty six point eight five degrees Celsius, which is approximately five thousand Kelvin. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That that that's the melting point of diamond. Yay! On that note. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, we have some stuff that we're planning on watching this week. Hopefully, Sir can get another quarter through his book. And um, maybe grace us with a review. Yeah, I will. <laughs> By the end of April. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, guys. And over and out. Yes, over and out. Au revoir. Au revoir. Or as um, Destry says, fair winds. Fair winds. Except. Bon voyage. Bon voyage. Well, except if you're like Scotland where it's just rain and cyclones, maybe. Yeah. There are no cyclones there. They're not in that climate to have cyclones. Cyclones? Like clone sheep? Cyclones? Nice no? try, but I don't believe you. Okay. No <laughs> Bye, everyone. Au revoir.